Good morning, everybody. As soon as go, uh, please send me a message. Let me know that you are online and able to check this out. And let's see. Hello, everybody on Twitter. Thanks for joining the Conservation Conversation. Hey, everybody joining the Conservation Conversation, where we talk about our conservation topics. We're just going to wait for our friends on YouTube to join us. And uh, that is here uh, on Facebook, YouTube, and Periscope on Twitter. But um, we are eventually moving the majority of the projects over to YouTube due to um, Facebook's uh, variety of policies. <laughs> anyway, um, I just wanted to say good morning. Let's see what's happening here. Uh, looks like YouTube is not able to get this one. So you know what? We're just going to go on without them. Anyway, happy here. Hey, Coralie, good morning. It's so nice to see you on. How's everything been going, Coralie? Things, um, to get things moving in a positive light for this country. Hey, Andrea, good morning. I hope you're having a nice uh, coffee or tea or wine or beer, depending on the time of day and your attitude on those things. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for joining the Conservation Conversation. I'm your host, Eric Crown, and uh, we are here to educate and liberate through education, re-education of our way that we think about our relationship to the natural world around us. So I'm very excited for today's show. We are going to talk about wood. We're going to talk about morning wood. We're going to talk about, well, we're not, <laughs> let me rephrase that. We're going to talk about wood, sustainability, and how your habits at home can change how the forests and planets are running. Hey, Jason, good morning. Thanks for being on, man. I appreciate that. I'm excited to have you on the show today. We have a lot of great stuff to talk about, everybody. So let's get to it. Remember, it's... All right. Well, here we go. We're back and I'm very excited for today. So, um... What I wanted to do was start off talking about, you know, we always talk about revolution through routine. There is a way that you can change the world, even without leaving your house, just by buying the proper items. And the thing is, a lot of times these items are very expensive because the world is still not set up to accommodate people like us, um, the conservationists. So what we need to do is find good, creative and cost effective ways to change over our habits in order to show companies and speak the language that companies speak and to show them what we want out of, out, of the, out of them. And they can only do what we ask of them, right? So let's let them understand <clears throat> they're not uh, our enemy. They have to become our friends. We have to bring them into the folds if we have any hope of changing things in the future. Everybody, I have kind of a low signal today, so I'm sorry if the images are jerky. Uh, this might be the one that... Um, we end up uh, changing over, and I may have to go do some new uh, some new locations where we get better internet. So uh, I do apologize if the internet is a little bit jerky on and off. Uh, okay, so anyway, let's uh, let's jump right into it, shall we? Um, there's a couple of amazing things. Well, actually, before we start, I'd like to start with our quote of the day, which we always like to do, which is actually by author Herman Hess, and I don't know if you've read Siddhartha. Um, great book, Catch Twenty Two, but Herman Hess worries. Whoever knows how to speak to them, whoever knows how to listen to them, can learn the truth. They do not preach learning and precepts. They preach 
undeterred by particulars. And that's a really beautiful thing, you know, because a lot of people, when we are out in the woods, we feel like we are in a temple. Hey, good morning, Vera. It's nice to see you. Thanks for being on here today. Uh, let's see. Andrea says, almost five, getting ready for wine. <laughs> well, I salute everyone's coffee, tea, and wine. Very good. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that's what I want to really talk about today is the sanctuary and the essential need of forests. But we have a big problem where forests, uh, illegal deforestation is a very complicated topic. And we're going to go over some of the aspects of it today and give you guys ways that you can make sure you're not contributing to the problem. And if you want to um, change over, whether you have stuff already from Ikea and you want to change it over for some real furniture, or you just are about to get a new house, you want to bring the right furniture in, or you're just redoing or anything, uh, we're going to talk about upcycling and sustain. So uh, what I wanted to do is, first of all, let's talk about <clears throat> eco-friendly benefits of upcycling. And that is when you take things you have purpose and you repurpose them. And a lot of us will remember this. I'm, I'm 47. When I was a kid, my, I remember my grandfather had uh, coffee cans filled with nails and he had coffee cans filled with, um, you know, uh, different like pieces of wood and coffee cans filled with different tools. And those coffee cans, uh, you know, had been used once and then had been reused. And then when they got tired of using them, he put it up in the back and we would shoot little BB guns in his backyard at them. And there was a mentality of reusing and being wise about what you're using. It wasn't a disposable culture like we live in now. And I think the biggest difference is the advertising. The advertising has taught us all that we should be on the go and that the world should bend around us and make sure to uh, support our unsustainable habits. But what we're gonna do is today talk about how we can take some of that power back, change it around on them, and bring our world, entire world of thinking back into a sustainable fashion. So um, it's really interesting. There's actually, every year, Americans throw out more than 12 million tons of furniture and furnishings, 80% of which ends up in the landfill. So that is a lot of wood. So we're taking live trees, we're turning them into temporary something and then just throwing them away to rot. And that is a huge issue because um, the trees and the woods are one of the most valuable things we have. <clears throat> they create uh, our ability to breathe as well as coordinate with the water and everything is used to sustain all life. <clears throat> you know, we're only on earth because it's, it's habitable, because we have uh, an atmosphere that we can use. Now that atmosphere, unfortunately, is being destroyed in a lot of different ways. And one of those is illegal deforestation. Now illegal deforestation is a major problem. I got to see it firsthand uh, when I was in Mania and it's really crazy. Um, but before, even before we get into the problems, let's still talk about some upcycling solutions. So a couple of things about upcycling. This is a really interesting picture I found. Uh, this is somebody using the leftover from their uh, dresser and they've turned them into a wall of, uh, of you know, areas where they can do that. And that's actually in a store. So that's really nice that somebody is taking together you know, um, and show that another furnace. And they have gone in and flattened out the top, put a piece of glass on. The past, so close to us, 
you know, while we're making these kind of changes. Uh, I love that. <clears throat> and for all my friends that want to upcycle or to recycle their furniture, there's a really important tip for restoring used furniture. And this is to look for zero VOC paints, which are volatile organic compounds. Those have been linked to health issues. So in some cases, it could be killing you or your family. So it's something really important to look at. When you go to the paint store, just ask about zero VOC paints and ask them what they recommend direction because environmentally friendly products, you got to remember <clears throat> it wasn't that long ago that we were just using lead paint, right? So this is a nice step forward. We've gone from using of our volatile organic compounds inside of our paint. That's a massive changeover in thinking. And that is one of the powers of conservation. The light just comes in now. <laughs> I think nature's agreeing with us. Um, beautiful. <clears throat> thank, thank you, Mother Nature. It's a beautiful day out here. I am in the country, in the mountains, and it is gorgeous. So uh, let's see, we're going to continue on. I wanted to talk a little bit. Now, the thing, the reason that we're talking so much about woods is because a lot of companies are using up the woods that we do have. Um, and what I wanted to do is actually show you all a small idea going on here. So this is the world and these are the forests that we have left. Now in the US, it's like we have a lot of them and those are connected temperate forests and tropical forests and each of them has a different possibility of sustainability, but all of them are being taken for wood products. <clears throat> if you look, uh, we've talked before about how Anything that's called soft as a toilet paper actually comes from things like Costco and Kirkland actually comes from the Boreal Forest up north, which is an amazing forest that is, is in danger as we speak. And if you continue to buy any toilet paper that's labeled soft, you're going to other aspect of virgin pulp is excessive amounts of chlorine used to clean it up. <clears throat> so you're actually taking a toxic chemical onto your body and into the water as you flush. So there is nothing good about soft toilet paper. It's environmentally destructive and it's dangerous. Hello, nice to see you. Thank you, I love this beanie. Uh, educate and liberate. And that is the key of our conversations. Any conversation you can have with somebody about conservation, that's always what we try to do, <clears throat> but try to do it in a non-judgmental way. You know, when you have a wonderful conflict with somebody over the concept of sustainability, it's a wonderful opportunity to get into a brand new conversation. And that, in the end, is what we're all about. Um, opening conversations, because only through conversations are we going to find solutions as humans. You know, uh, I was looking and it's amazing forests are currently protected. That's it. That's it. Forests account for 75% of the gross primary production of Earth's biosphere, including 80% biomass, all of which is being destroyed for furniture or cheap timber. Now, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of complicated because in a lot of ways, wood is preferable over plastic. So there's a lot of confusion and people often ask me, well, listen, what do I do? If I use wood, is it really sustainable? If I use plastics, what, you know, what, what exactly is the best way to go about this. So what I did is I wanted to show you all <clears throat> a couple tips and tricks on how to find and use the most sustainable woods. Uh, let's see, let me bring this up for you to check out. So um, here we go. What I wanted to show you all is, here we go. Uh, timber now, the timber, if you're looking to buy or to, to do anything with wood, 
uh, which comes from beech or oak or one of those massive trees, which is the tree below. You guys know those. That's the tree that if you ask kids to draw, they always draw that tree. And then there's something wonderful happening under it, right? Somebody is resting. Somebody's reading a book. Um, those are the trees in our imagination that are super positive for us. Now, the other trees are they come from softwood, like pine and fir, and that's what are called conifers. Now, the conifer forests are the forests that that we were just showing um, in that prefers are, it's still not preferable, but they do have pine trees, which are way faster growing and a better chance of being sustainable. They also tend to have farms designed just for harvest with conifers, with pine trees, especially. There's a lot of pine tree farms out there. Um, <clears throat> and what they'll do is they'll grow, they'll use them for, um, for bits, and then whatever they don't use, they'll often very much donate to reforestation programs. So there's some excellent, excellent things going on there. Um, <clears throat> so if you're going to be choosing wood, please choose something that comes from a fast-growing species. And you can talk to anybody that you're going to be working with wood about to make um, using something that comes from hardwood. And if you're buying hardwood, it's okay, you know, buy a nice, a nice quality hardwood. And that brings me to the next point that we really need to discuss, which is how we buy our furniture. You know, furniture's changed over. There used to be, <clears throat> there used to be a craftsman, you know, people that worked with wood. A lot of them have been replaced by companies um, like Kia is, I mean, I've bought almost all my furniture in Los Angeles for my um, funding of illegal deforestation in Romania. And those are actually, there is the only old growth forest left in Europe. Everything else has been destroyed. So Romania has the last of old growth forest, which means original forest. Uh, it's home to the most amount of bears, black bears, although that's creating a lot of issues. And um, the bears are actually um, in a lot of danger. And, it's very complicated though, you know, in the Amazon, in Romania, it's the same thing. There's, there's a fine line where these guys go out <clears throat> and they are given permits to go. Basically how it works is this. They don't go find any tree they want. They find an area they're permitted in and then they cut down the logs they're permitted in, but they also cut down all the other logs that are healthy around them. And when that happens, what we find that they, once they're cut, and they're put into the mill, they're completely undeterminable. So the paperwork to get a log from the forest to the mill, uh, and everybody carries them, everybody carries their permission, but they, like I said, they'll, they'll grab all the logs they're supposed to grab, but then they'll say, oh, that one looks good, and they'll grab that one too. Um, so often they just deforest the entire area, and it's completely illegal. It happens in Romania with Ikea. They're one of the biggest um, problems that's doing that. So please, if you're going to buy furniture, try to find an alternative. My mom used to always tell me, if you're going to buy furniture, just spend the money, buy a nice piece of furniture, and it will last forever. And, you know, it's interesting. I was actually talking to her the other day about the change in buying habits, <clears throat> and but also the change in nomad and the change in the way people perceive um, getting gifts from families. You know, a lot of times you get a nice piece of furniture and you pass it on. I mean, I still have furniture from the 1900s and earlier from my family that they have maintained and kept with us. So, you know, it's a very uh, complicated thing. A lot of kids these days are not so interested to move and, um, 
and you know to have these giant pieces of furniture so they're going through ikea uh jason says we use a lot of antique furniture through our family and continue to refer refinish them jason that is awesome see that is exactly it um not only that i mean you've you've, you've got a story right it's like the history of your family is part of the you know um and if you think about it the family is and everything used to be a lot more tight-knit uh, nowadays. Everything's on the go. Everything is instant and modern. And we lose often our attachments to deeper level things. And I think that's one thing that upcycling, keeping your furniture and your family, that is one of the most important things you can do. That is going to keep us from taking, um, you know, and, and again, it comes down to the problem because once the loggers go out there, they don't care. And now illegal logging also, by the way, just as an aside, leads to a lot of other issues. One of the issues we found is that the illegal loggers were also the guys that you could hire to go steal endangered animals out of the woods. And they very often kill caiman, monkeys. Um, we saw a lot of monkeys that were being eaten by them because when the loggers go out, they don't really go out with much money. Now the loggers, let's talk about them for a quick second because I don't want to demonize them. Hey, Heather, good morning. Um, you know, in the Amazon, what happens is the loggers, they're just poor people, right? And the logging companies say, we're going to give you the equipment, we're going to give you the gasoline, and we're going to give you everything you need to go log for us. You bring us back and we'll pay you $100 a tree. Okay, good deal, right? So they go into the woods, they do their thing, they come back, they use all the gas, they use the equipment. But what happened is the company, suddenly there's 10 trees instead of one tree, and the cost of the tree goes down to $10 instead of $100. Now, the loggers, having done all their math, have found out that they're still in debt to the logging company. So a lot of times, these loggers are actually people that are not profiting or benefiting from this. The companies benefit from it, but the loggers maintain in a cycle of poverty that does not allow them to act responsibly. And when you are starving, it doesn't matter what you're doing to make money or to make food especially when your family's starving. And this is the core problem. If we want to stop illegal logging and we want to stop illegal poaching, we have to provide a way to allow people to make a living. This abject, insane amount of poverty worldwide is not only hurting people, it is hurting our environment. And a lot of these people don't have a choice outside of that. Um, and like I said, you know, they, they always say is a, a, a hungry belly is a great motivator. So, you know, we, we need to put the we need to put Ikea on blast, not the guy that they catch in the woods cutting down a tree so that he can feed his family. Now, that being said, we need to still look at it because it's still any monkeys that are in their way and eat them. They kill caiman, which are in giant log rafts, and then they just go down the river in the Amazon and take all the logs. And once the logs are cut, you don't know which have been permitted and which haven't. And going to the authorities there, it also shows a very sketchy permitting process. Same issue in Romania. Once the logger is there, they're not going to just leave the old growth trees that are still healthy. They're going to snag what they can for their profits and take it to there, which gets turned into Ikea particle board. We are destroying and losing the last old growth forest so that people can have $30 particle board dressers. You know, it's really unnecessary. And to that, I say, good morning, Jared Weisfelner. Hup. <laughs> it's good to see a good hup there. Um, now, you know, we, we're all aware of this, and I think we're entering a new phase where everyone is super conscious of what we're using and how we're using it and what we're doing with our products when we're done. And that's why I love Jason's comment, because that family is keep doing them. 
refurnish it. And refurnishing furniture is a really fun project as well. I mean, that's why there's like 30 Discovery Channel shows on it and like 100 YouTube channels. You know, people, it's fascinating. I mean, you know, hats off to Bob Vila, right? Um, that like a household, this could be really fun to do. So remember, there's two alternatives. One is to buy eco-conscious and to not buy throwaway things like Ikea. Number two is to, or go ahead and take something from your family and refurnish it and keep it. And then when you hand it down to your kids, you have a story. And that story isn't, uh, we went to Ikea and um, ate sweets because it had a goofy name. Another side note about Ikea. Uh, oh, Vera says, same thing in Russia. Deforestation is a huge problem there. Yes, Vera, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> that is another area that's being hit very hard and they have an absolute lack of regulation, just like Romania, just like the Amazon. Um, and what you'll find, I think it's very interesting, is that in Africa uh, as well also, they're also taking a lot of the trees from there under the different guises of, um, you know, another another deforestation problem that we talked about um, in Thomas Yasku in, uh, in Peru, they have um, one of the largest, and we talked about this in our last podcast, Ethical Cacao, but they have one of the largest cacao farms. And what they do is they burn the land that's it. They just keep moving forward. So they move like a cancer, just taking and taking and taking and taking, profiting and taking and profiting and taking and killing its host along the way. That's one thing that really bothers me, you know, um, on, on the earth. And I don't think that's correct. I think we're, if anything, uh, we're the cure. We're not the cancer. What's the cancer is money. The cancer is industry and the cancer is government and industry working together to ensure profits. Uh, over people. And that is where we need to really change our, our way of being. So, as you know, in the conservation conversation, we love to talk about solutions. We all know the problems for the most part, right? So we need to talk about solutions because revolution through routine, everything you buy reteaches a company how to behave. And I would say it's like training a dog, um, you know, like a Pavlov thing. If, if Ikea understands that a sustainable a uh, guaranteed, non-illegally logged piece of furniture is going to sell. They're going to salivate every time they sell one of those. And eventually that's going to become the normal. You know, right now the norm is the throwaway culture meant for big, big business profit in the upstream with all the cost being consumed and taken from us in the down, downstream area. You know, we're the ones that pay the physical price. We're the ones, you know, aside from the animals, that the levels of extinction that come through deforestation all for a cheap particle board dresser. Now, <clears throat> it is problematic that expensive, but then you have to think, well, who are you supporting? Are you supporting Ikea, this multinational company, or are you supporting an actual craftsman? Uh, you know, these craftsmen have lost their jobs. You know, we talk about jobs. Um, when you talk about Ikea, you're talking about exporting almost all furniture making jobs out of the country. We should be able to maintain our jobs in our country and let actual uh, artisans, supporting craftsmen, fellow countrymen that have a special skill instead of a giant multinational. Jason, uh, got to run. So bummed our Yorkie is really, oh no, running to the vet. Everybody on here says the same thing. We're all sending our good, good vibes to you. Um, uh, Yorkies are so cute. <laughs> uh, I hope Jason will be catching up a little bit later, uh, maybe today or tomorrow. Uh, there's a couple things I wanted to catch up with you about. Thanks for being on the show with us and environmental 
uh, activist that works really hard to try to help steer the future in the right direction. So it's a real honor to have him on today. And um, and Vera, I know that I, I um, Vera's a pilot, everybody. When you're up in the sky, do you see swaths of deforestation in the areas in which you you fly over, you know, because a lot of times when I've done flyovers, I've seen you're just in the forest and it's so odd, you know. Um, but anyway, let, let's get back to solutions. Now, this is where we're really going to talk to talk about, you know, um, what, what can you do, right? Revolution through routine. How can you stop deforestation in Romania? It sounds like a really far away thing, but in honesty, it's not. It's actually something that's very simple that all of us can participate in. And all of us can do to change the entire future of what's happening. And when I talk about solutions, <clears throat> what we need to talk about, again, is either upcycling, so you're not throwing away what you got, or looking at eco-conscious, sustainable types of things. Now, how do you know what it would? You can't, you don't know the history of the two by four, and that's the, the issue. This is where it all goes through, where the ability the minute they go to the mill because once it's been milled, <clears throat> there is no there is no way to tell what's happening. So one thing that we can do is there are forests that are properly managed. Now, these are not 100% solutions, um, but they are ways that at the moment that we can look for it. Now, right now, there you can look for anything that has an FSC, which is the Forest Stewardship Council. It's for furniture, for wood. Uh, now, basically... Uh, oh, I see my thing got a little messed up there, but um, they basically control that the way the woods are managed, which pieces of wood can be taken and, um, you know, which which ones and they, they tend to manage it very strong. And if you buy an FSC, you can, for the most part, be assured that it's sustainable, that it has not hurt an indigenous community. It has not hurt animals. It has not ruined the balance of nature. <clears throat> and so that's one wonderful thing that you it's another company that's out there. They're called Sustainable Forestry Initiative. Now they <clears throat> are not quite as as um, professional and as strict as the FSC is. So if you get something from the SFI, it is it's like half halfway there. They're kind of halfway there. They work more with the manufacturers. I think it's kind of like a greenwash company. You know, um, they just allow these companies to continue because which are massive. Um, so now the other solution is bamboo. And we've talked a lot about bamboo, right? Bamboo is awesome. And it's actually, I didn't know this. It's some of this, uh, it's got a greater tail apart than steel, <laughs> better than concrete, which means that, you know, we could use bamboo for a huge amount of variety of issues, needs. And I have seen houses built out of bamboo. I've seen bicycles built out of bamboo. I've seen so many things built out of bamboo and they are incredible. It is grown in specially managed areas. And it's, it's one of the most sustainable and environmentally friend, friendly um, substances that we have. So wood may be an old idea, right? Like wood may be something that came from our knowledge from the 1800s. Um, Back when we thought it was, you know, I mean, back when people didn't know much is what I'll say. <laughs> now, I know we had philosophers and we had all these great writers and all these great thinkers, everybody that when you're talking about the 1800s, you're talking about the late 1700s. It was only in the late 1700s that people discovered that the heart pumps blood instead of using the philosophy of Galen, 
which came from the 1200s forward, which believed that your liver produced blood and it sloshed around your body. And again, that's why bloodletting was such a, a wise thing back in the day, because they believe if you had a problem, just your bad blood just got stuck there and they could just the leech could pull it out and you're good to go. So that's the scientific knowledge we're talking about until the late 1780s. So we haven't really redefined our relationship to nature since, since, you know, Walden. I mean, since John Muir, we had naturalists come out and reopen our minds to ways of viewing nature in a, in a cooperative fashion. So that's why everything needs to be built out of wood. As I say that, I know with the, I've got wood up there, but this is all sustainable. Um, the thing is like, you know, it's not, it's not the consumer's problem. It, this really does fall on the companies. Buy bamboo if you can, buy sustainable if you can. If you Google sustainable furniture, you'll find a lot of great companies that actually bring craftsmen back and they're putting money into it. They're buying sustainable products, but more than that, they're using their craftsmanship to turn those into beautiful products. They'll last forever. And if they don't last forever, resell them to somebody else. And they're just as good as new and they don't lose value. They don't lose value. I think that's really, really incredible. Um, you know, and again, your furniture is one of the number one reasons for illegal logging. And that is in Russia. That is in Romania. That is in the Amazon. People talk about uh, buying a cheeseburger is the biggest problem in the Amazon. Like, we got to remember all of our choices um, affect nature because companies are like, what do you want? And then they just go grab it for as cheap as possible, which generally their profit is based on exploitation of what's around. And what we want to say to them is don't do that anymore. Give us real products. Give us real meaning. Give us real, real things. And we will love that because we have a change in consciousness now and you can see it everywhere. You know, we can really, really find our change in consciousness in our new calls to look for sustainable furniture, sustainable ways of life. Furniture is one of the most important ones. So I just, you know, I do ask if you're going to be redecorating anything soon, please do your, a lot of you know that, um, that obviously can't be recycled. Um, but when you're thinking about what you're going to buy or anything, just remember if you buy something that's well-made, you are saving and promoting craftsmanship and that it truly is the best way to support your fellow countrymen and to support people that work for a living. Um, we, you know, don't support the machines that stamp illegally grown, you know, illegally harvested forest from Ikea. Uh, it's an unhealthy habit. You know, our habits got turned into us, right? Like one of the problems is we always say, well, it's my freedom to buy that. It's my freedom to have that. It's my freedom to own that. Well, you know what? Maybe you went a little too far with that. Maybe, maybe it's not your world. And, you know, here we find ourselves today, right? On the brink, we've lost 68% of our biodiversity through species loss and extinction due to losing our environments. But we can fight back as consumers. We have to show these companies. Got to remember, everybody, companies do not have their job. Their job is to create a product for the most profit possible. And that's their job. And that there's nothing wrong with that. But if we can say to them, we're willing